0: This podcast has been produced by PricewaterhouseCoopers LLP and is for informational purposes only. Content discussed is for general guidance on matters of interest and should not be taken as professional legal, business, or investment advice. Welcome to Raise, a new PwC podcast series where each episode showcases a Canadian tech entrepreneur and takes a deep dive into their fundraising stories. I'm your host, Rich Adam, Managing Director of the Technology Sector here at PwC Canada. We are back with the Raise podcast. This is Rich Adam. And today, I am happy to be able to introduce Taylor Bond from SalesRite. SalesRite is a Canadian SaaS company offering B2B sales experts a means of delivering simple and transparent pricing for their clients.
1: Welcome, Taylor. Thank you, Rich, so much for having me. This is, uh, this is great to be here, and I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about SalesRite. So um, as a means of background, SalesRite is based in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and started about seven months ago now at this point. And interesting background story, both the idea... And the founders were incubated and introduced at a former services company that we worked at and what we saw was we were selling very complex enterprise sales deals lots of back and forth and lack of transparency in terms of how these deals were going so like there must be a better way to do it so we had some extra developers on the bench and we very much scratched our own itch and built out a software solution to help us with that pain and then we chose to buy back the intellectual property spin up a separate company and we're off to the races in terms of starting sales right, and it's me and then our co-founder, Greg Toner, based in London, Ontario, and our co-founder and CEO, Bill Wilson, based in Halifax, and the rest of our team is based in Halifax as well.
0: Great, thank you very much for that background, and uh, an interesting story for sure with the scratching of your own itch, truly a Canadian tech company with people kind of scattered across uh, a couple of different provinces, so that's fantastic. Getting into the fundraising story itself, sales rate raised $325,000 from both institutional VCs
1: and friends and family, only four months after starting the business. Not a typical story. Yeah, so in terms of um, really incubating the company, I would say it started at Startup Fast last year in Montreal, where we had this concept within our services company, MindSee, and a lot of people had asked us, they're like, what's the software you're using for for your sales cycle? We see it being relevant for us as well. And we kind of scratched our heads and we weren't too sure if there was a business behind it. So we put ourselves out of our comfort zone, went to Startup Fest together and just did a lot of customer development interviews. So talked to at least 100 people, showed them the basic prototype for that. And we really wanted to make sure that this was validated before we decided to create a business and go on the fundraising road, because we knew that 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 would be complex and tiring, and we wanted to make sure that we did do those customer interviews. Uh, before going out for any fundraising. So fast forward a few months after Startup Fest, we were ready to take the dive and we really wanted to see if we could make a marketable and sustainable business out of this. So we um, hired a software developer and started creating the technology too. And um, once we had a working working software available that was being tested by some clients, we started to have more serious conversations with both venture capital capitalists, angels, and friends and family as well, and we were able to sort of show some early results. And we were quite fortunate. The venture capital raise for us was relatively straightforward. Uh, My co-founder and CEO, Bill, had done this before in a prior business, so he knew what to look for and sort of was able to do the sniff test and understand beyond the capital what else we were looking for um, in a partner. And we were very fortunate to find uh, Concrete Ventures, which was right down the hall at Volta um, Innovation Hub in Halifax. And Patrick Hankinson is um, a veteran to the SaaS space. He's worked at several companies, exited companies as well before, and uh, true, true to their mission, uh, they really wanna find great ideas and great and great founders and scale them into world-class businesses. And what we had found was every single venture capitalist we talked had a very different definition of pre-seed. Do you have to have revenue? Do you have to have customers? What does that journey look like for you? And Patrick really saw some promise and understood our stories of um, why the various founders came together. I have a background in SaaS sales as an account executive um, and as a an, uh, sales development representative and a business development representative. And Bill, he brings over 10 years of software development experience and managing software teams to and having been a, been a previous CEO. So the match really made sense in terms of our various expertise and what we're able to bring to the table. So it was a seamless process for us on the venture capitalist side. Once we got the yes, it was pretty smooth sailing. Of course, when you involve lawyers and bankers, it could sometimes sometimes take a little bit longer um, than expected. But overall, it, it was a seamless process for us. We had spoken to about 15 other venture capitalists as well primarily in Canada and a few down in the Boston area as well, and everyone was very positive about the idea. In fact, to the extent where we were a bit concerned, we are like, why has no one tried this before? Either we're runaway geniuses or we're totally off the mark. Um, but the feedback we got was just reach out to us and let's, let's stay in touch and reach out to us when you're raising, raising a bit bigger of a round two. Um, so that was the primary feedback we got from the venture capitalists. So I'd say we were fortunate. Under twenty, we were able to get a solid yes and work with our dream partner and get everything we were looking for in that relationship. I'd say the more stressful part is um, investing your own money into it. As co-founders, we all put money into it, and um, you know the markets were were very hot at the time. And I remember being up late at night calling my uh, family, calling my friends, being like, do, do I want to do this? Do I have faith in myself? And that's sometimes the most difficult part. And as well, asking friends and families to buy into your mission with you and understanding that they're investing into your company and venture capital is highly risky. So um, for Bill, Greg and I, that was, that was a point of stressor for us, taking, taking money from trusted peers and really believing in ourselves and saying, yes, we can do this and we can bring you back an investment and bring you along, alongside for the journey.
0: That's great. Uh, Love to back up a little bit into some of those specifics, just as we try and share the fundraising story with our listeners, uh, to understand. You know, you mentioned you spoke to roughly twenty different VCs. Uh, primarily in Canada and a few in the Boston area. Was there a stronger receptivity to your idea on either side of the border?
1: Yeah, so uh, we've seen an an enormous influx in terms of venture capital in Canada as well and it's a growing sphere. But when you go down to Boston, I think the is within about two and a half miles from the MIT campus, there's almost 5x of the amount of venture capital raised for all of Canada. And there's a lot of veteran folks in the SaaS sales industry. You look at companies like HubSpot, like Drift, and um, there are lots of CEOs that have worked at those companies and started separate ventures as well so I'd say the understanding was a bit more immediate there because there are just that many more SaaS sales companies that have um, scaled a- and IPO'd already and I'd say the, the scale too um, when, when we were saying we're looking for about you know 350 k to 400 k they, they were almost wanted us to raise more and they said when you're ready to raise more and when we can give you a higher valuation we'll have more serious discussions w- with you in terms of regulatory things sometimes they were asking questions like your Delaware S Corp there's because there's a bit more complication in terms of where where you're based as well um, but when it when it came down to things, we wanted to have a really direct line of communication with our partners, and since we were at such an early stage, we wanted to be able to walk down the hall, have those types of discussions, and be able to tap into their network and their expertise as well. So it made sense for us to keep our venture capitalists uh, local in Canada.
0: Oh, that's great, and, and certainly, as we talk to a number of founders who have gone through this process, you know, they they rate things in addition to the capital itself as equally important, right? Whether that is uh, you know, the experience that those VCs have had that They can kind of draft in from behind, or even the accessibility. And if you've got a VC who's just down the hall, then that's probably a level of accessibility that most people can't claim. So that's certainly a bonus.
1: Yeah, and that's an interesting uh, point for sure. And sort of where where we look strategically going is maybe it makes more sense when we're at the scaling point of bringing in a US partner to really help us have the extra capital to put fuel on the fire down the road. But we still are very much looking for product market fit. We've got some early adopters, we've got several folks uh, putting their credit cards behind the platform, too, and putting the reputation behind by giving us testimonials. So we're thrilled with that, but we very much want to get to that point of 100 paying customers so we really can say we have product market fit, and when we're ready to take on bigger checks and really scale, then the benefit of having maybe a Boston-based venture capitalist or someone outside the Canadian market will be super helpful, but we just want to get the platform in as many people's hands and really nail down our early early adopters. Excellent. Now, you did make uh, a reference
0: in passing to some of the complexity that comes in when third parties get involved and uh, really around the due diligence process. Can you share some of your experience there? Did it get extra challenging or was it just an extra step in the process
1: for you? just an extra step. The due diligence was, was relatively smooth. We we raised before we had folks that were done our free trial. So in terms of understanding, like um, putting putting that mark in the road of where our revenue might might be trending towards, it was before that as well. So very much just really getting behind the founder stories and getting behind um, some of the early feedback that we had and the technology behind our platform. So, so for us, yeah, it wasn't a very complex due diligence process since we were pre-revenue at that point. So it was really Understanding um, the founders and the story, and Bill and Patrick Hankinson, our, our lead investor, did have a relationship prior, and he'd seen Bill scale prior companies not only within the Halifax region but scale Mindsy as a company globally too. So had a lot of faith in that, and then me bringing in my um, expertise and connections in the SaaS sales space in Toronto and other markets, and finally Greg bringing in his knowledge of um, working with several several other. Um, SaaS companies that have raised rounds before and his knowledge from an operations and CFO standpoint gave Patrick the confidence from a due diligence standpoint to really make sales right his first investment.
0: Certainly at this stage of kind of seed uh, financing, the VCs generally are investing in the team as much as they are actually the, the business and, and where it's going to go. Some of that complexity of the due diligence process will probably be something you're going to face a little bit more in future rounds when those, uh, when those present themselves. You ready for a little rapid fire round? A few questions here to uh, to take us home? Let's do it. All right. What is your go-to resource for all things fundraising and venture capital?
1: So I'd say every single lunch at about 12.07 p.m. I got an email from Crunchbase, and they have their insight, so it's a probably one of the few emails that I actually read that I get every single day. So um, I use Ritual. I go get myself a shawarma from my favorite place around the corner, and I read through all the top highlights and go into the report there. And then me and Bill will even hop on Slack, and I'll say, hey, you know, Zoom just raised a massive round. They're at 27x there. error. that's wild. So we'll have a bit of a chat there. So keeping it very social and making sure we're up on top of all the news um, in the VC world, Crunchbase, and I'd say CB Insights too, but Crunchbase is my go-to.
0: Great. And a yeah. nice little shout out to another local uh, Canadian tech company, yes. Ritual. <laughs> what was your personal biggest learning experience from the fundraising journey?
1: Yeah, so biggest learning experience would be you really have to push yourself out of your comfort zone constantly and have a lot of faith in yourself and the idea before you have those aspects of traction and you need to have lots of confidence in yourself, the team, and articulate the story from from an aspect of confidence and um, take your experiences of businesses that you've worked on or scaled in the past and use those as ammunition for how you can create a really sustainable business going forward.
0: What would you do differently if you were to redo the process today or maybe for a future round.
1: Probably raise a bit more um, angel money as well too. So looking at strategic angels within the ecosystem, I'd say bringing on someone very experienced who has been a VP of sales role at enterprise software companies that could really help us understand that. My background was SDR, BDR and AE, but I think having some strategic angels who really understand complex enterprise sales, maybe yourself, Rich, so.
0: (laughs) Any advice you'd share with your peers who are looking at this early stage uh, fundraising and, and advice that you would leave for them as they consider such a journey?
1: Yeah, I'd say that raising venture capital can't be a source of distraction from your core business metrics. Um, at the end of the day, VCs will be more happy if you have paying customers, happy customers, and retention than if you've raised more, more VC. Sometimes it could be seen as a bit too much of a celebratory and vanity metric. You really have to make sure that your core business metrics are there and you're building something that is, that is sustainable down the road.
0: Fantastic. Thanks very much, Taylor. This has been uh, incredibly insightful and a really nice look at an earlier stage fundraising process than what we've explored to date. So it's great to get that perspective as well. I want to thank you very much for your time and best of luck to uh, the entire
1: SalesRight team. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Rich. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to Raise. You can get more details at pwc.com ca raise. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or your preferred podcast platform. Until the next time.